just going to be requesting them. I think it really depends on how does the Lord speak to you, really, honestly. Um, I think a lot of times, anytime you are believing for something or contending for something, and then you have a dream about that thing, I think that is the Lord giving you that spiritual, you know, tidbit in a dream. But I think when you dream and you have a question of, is it a spiritual dream? And I think that sometimes that's where we find ourselves like, wow, that was, I feel like that really had something in there for me. But was that just my emotions or was God trying to tell me something? Then you always have to check yourself. Well, what have I been talking about? What have I been needing? What, or what has someone else that I've been talking to or sharing with needed or requested? And if that comes into alignment with that dream, then it probably was the Lord speaking to you quietly in your ear as you slept restfully in the sweet sleep of his son Jesus, right? Um, so just make sure that it's not out of emotion. And that's the thing. You know, sometimes people think that emotions they receive them as being spiritual because, you know, you get all that warm, fuzzy feeling. You know what I mean? And so you just have to sort of check your, check your spirit and try to take a, maybe a personal account of what have I been believing for? What am I contending with? What is someone the Lord's put in front of me that I've been believing and contending with? It does, does that dream speak to them? Um, so can you request it? I don't think you can say, Lord, give me a spiritual dream tonight, and it's going to happen. Because that's not how the Lord works. The Lord gives us what we need when we need it, when he knows we need it, and when he knows we can receive it. So I think that we just need to receive them when they come to us and just allow his, his will to be the way that we receive him. Does that make sense? All right, there you go. Awesome. And we were talking earlier about uh, importance of journaling our dreams. Right. Yeah, like I shared, I have a journal on my nightstand. Teresa and I were talking on the way here. And if the Lord wakes me up with something, even if it in the morning I feel like, ah, that wasn't Jesus, that was... That was just me. But I always, if it wakes me up, I write it down. Because it might not have been the Lord on my heart, but it may have been something that in my subconscious that I needed to like, oh, yeah, maybe I, maybe I need to work on that. You know what I mean? It's like a personal check. But I always journal at night for sure. And Teresa's like, yeah, she used, I use my phone. I'm like, man, that would make it so much easier because it lights up for you. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. And your penmanship is really perfect all the time. Because I got to tell you, sometimes I'm deciphering a bit about what I wrote during the night but it's all right it's good it's practice yeah and you can voice text you wouldn't even have to type i i, I could voice That's like text. the best but then i would have to put my glasses on to find i can type okay. without my glasses oh you can but, you know the reading what that writes you well, know. I, I, yeah i probably wouldn't do that i'd I would. figure it out the next day i'm better what just was that word? Myself. i'm old school that's I'm awesome. Very cool. And I've had dreams, too, where I just you just put on the back burner. You know, you don't run your life by your dreams because right. there's too many emotions in the way. You just journal them and just, you know, ask the Lord, is there something you want to show me in this dream? There's times I'll have dreams about people, a certain person or whatever, and uh, I don't go, oh, my God, I'm going to dial tomorrow and tell them the dream. I just wait on the Holy Spirit and say, you know, Lord, when there's a time for me to share this dream, um, you'll, you'll put that in my spirit. That just happened to me not too long ago, and I waited two or three days. And then the Holy Spirit, tell them right now. Okay, Lord, right now. And I'll text him or call him or whatever. So sometimes it'll be a super long time. Like Elder Mike's was years. For yeah, me. true. Because like, that was a dream. Yeah. And the Lord showed me and it was like four, three and a half, almost four years later that finally the Lord is like, it's time. And I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I've been waiting. You know, so, but you have to be obedient and, and know just because he shares it with you in the moment doesn't mean it's for you to share in that moment. It's true. You know Using I mean? the wisdom to when to do that. 
Yeah, because yeah. you could get ahead of God. Wisdom. And they'll think you're cray-cray. All right, so this uh, question, um, I, it's, it's an interesting question, and I'm just going to give Bible on it. And uh, the question was this, is it possible for a loved one who passed away to communicate through signs to those that are still living? And um, it's a tough question to answer as far as emotionally because we always want to think that the people that we love can come back and communicate some way. You know, we love that feeling of comfort. And I know some people who have dreams where they came and visited their dreams. And, and I think that's a wonderful part of your subconscious, you know, speaking to you. But if you look biblically in, in this, that's what I want to talk to you biblically. The first, I printed actually uh, seven occasions in the word where People on earth had uh, glimpses of heaven. So down here, God would open up heaven and let them experience a little bit. Uh, one of them was Elisha and his servant and the chariots of fire that they saw. Um, there was uh, Ezekiel who uh, saw visions of, of God in heaven. Uh, there was Jesus who was baptized in the water. Remember, heaven opened up. And he said, this is my beloved son. Um, there was Stephen, who when he was about to be stoned, he saw heaven open up. Um, God allowed John to see through the door into heaven when he wrote the book of Revelations. Um, he, he, God opened up that portal into heaven. The last example that I found was in um, Paul was caught up to heaven. Remember he said, whether I'm in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. So there was experiences where men on earth got to see a little bit of heaven. There's only one occurrence where I found in the Old Testament where God allowed someone from heaven to come back. And I don't personally understand the full revelation of it. Um, it's just something that I studied today to help answer this question. So I haven't dug deep into the theology of it, but when King Saul um, was praying to God about being defeated by his enemies, God never answered him. And so he never heard from God, never heard from God, and he got in the flesh, and he said, find me a witch or a medium that can bring back a Samuel, who was a pro prophet or a, 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 Karen, what was Samuel? A priest. A priest, king, or a priest, a prophet. I can't remember. Anyway, I think he was a priest. Anyway, I'll have to look it up, everybody. I had a brain cramp. But anyway, called back him because he always had the word of the Lord. And uh, the witch of Endor did call Samuel back from the dead. But some things you need to recognize as you read that scripture was um, when, when the medium saw Samuel rising up, she saw the mantle first of his anointing. And she screamed a horrific scream, a terrified scream. So it tells you that this medium in her times of conjuring up people from the dead was not genuine or real. But when she saw the mantle and she knew Samuel and saw Samuel, there was this fear that said, yes, this is really who he is. And even Saul was terrified. He was paralyzed with fear because it actually was him rising back. And they had a communication and basically, basically Samuel said, you will be killed today in battle and your, your sons will be with me today also. And that's the only occurrence that we find in the word. Why God allowed that? We don't know because God talks about necromancy, uh, you know, spirits of witchcraft and demons and all those things that were not to communicate with the dead. But for some reason, spiritually, God allowed this communication to take place one time and God allowed it. So you have to be very careful with these. Uh, there's those mediums. There's a really popular one, a guy, I forget his name. Um, he could talk to the dead. He'd bring back family members and talk about their dogs or experiences. And the reason why you have to be careful with that is because spirits have familiar spirits. There's demons who know truth, right? Devils even know the word. So the devil can rise up in a spirit 
spirit because we don't find it in the Bible that taking place. The, the, the spirit could be the one speaking and saying, yes, remember that? Oh, my God, yes, I remember that. And they're moving by demonic, familiar spirits and not the spirit of God because it would always be about kingdom. It would be a reason why God would allow something like that for his purpose, not just to let you identify that your mom or dad showed up, you know, to tell you they're okay. <laughs> Because if they're in heaven, they're okay. <laughs> you know, all is well. So, make sense? They're more than okay if they're in heaven. Well, my gosh. Yeah, Jesus. for sure. <laughs> so, I don't know who it was, but I um, hope that answers some of your questions. Amen? All right. Pastor Ginger, I'm going to give it over to you, sweetie okay. pie. So, I get to receive the offering tonight, and I have this. Oop. Hold on. I have a tail. You do. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, sweetie pie. No more tail. So, uh, on the way here tonight, so Pastor Barb's. This afternoon said, hey, will you take the offering? I'm like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, okay, Lord, you got to give me some really cool, juicy nugget, right? Because I think those are good, right? So, Matt, I'm driving to pick Teresa up, and Matt calls me. He's like, you are never going to believe what just happened to me. I'm like, tell me. And he said, about a year ago, one of the ladies, so we started the pantry, right, like four years ago now. We're in our fifth year, okay? I can't even believe that. That's so crazy. Um... And what it has done, it, is, it has allowed people that wanted to do something for another, it's given them a platform to do it because what we've experienced is a lot of people are like, well, I wanted to help, but I just didn't know how or where. So it's kind of cool to see um, different people come in that we would have, A, never asked of anything, um, never would have expected them to offer anything, and just to see them and the connections coming together. It's super cool, you know, like we're all knitted together, and that's like su such a truth. So anyway, this lady um, was a, in a business relationship with Matt, and uh, she, he did work on their vehicles for her company. And she said, Matt, um, the Lord just told me that I was supposed to give you these four gift cards because you have an opportunity before you more times than I do to be in a position to be, encounter someone that needs it. So I'm going to give you these gift cards. And Matt's like, okay. And so he took the gift cards, and a couple weeks later, he's in a fries line, and there's a lady and she can't pay her full bill. So she's trying to figure out as he walks up what she's going to take away. And he's like, oh, that's not okay. She should not be having to take away. Because it's like it was all food. It wasn't like she was buying anything, you know, even any, really even anything for herself. So he said, ma'am, because I, I have a gift card somebody gave me to bless somebody that I was going to encounter. You're that somebody. Let me give you the card. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. And he goes, no, 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 yes. He says, you have to allow me to bless you because if you don't, then the blessing can't go forward because you're going to stop it right here and we can't, we can't do that. And he, she's like, okay. And so she took the card and off he went and totally forgot it. Well, today at 530, this woman showed up in at, the, at, the, at his shop because he gave her the business card to the pantry and said, you know, you can come and receive services twice a month from us. And so she said, showed up, and she says, do you remember me? And he's like, I feel like I should. I think I see you in a line. And she goes, yes, in fries. I was in the line in front of you in fries, and you gave me a card, and you helped me pay for my groceries, and la, 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 la. And she goes on this whole story. And he's like, oh. He goes, wow, he goes, that's awesome. And she goes, you know, I went home that night, and I was so grateful. And I told the Lord, I'm gonna, there's going to be a day where I'm going to be able to bring back to him a hundredfold what he gave me. And she says, so here's $200. Because it's a $20 gift card. Here's $200. I need you to buy $20 gift cards um, and take them and give them out to people. Because just like that woman, I believe that you're the one that has that opportunity. And you're the one that's called to do those things. And she goes, so, and he's like, uh, well, you know, you could buy the gift cards and you could do the same thing. And she goes, no, that's not what the Lord told me to do. The Lord told me to pay it forward and bring it back to you because it's for you to do, but it's for me to give you the means. 
Isn't that awesome? I was like, oh my gosh. So I'm telling you that story to know that that Bobby was the woman that gave him the money. She planted that seed over a year ago. And, you know, in Matt. And then Matt took that seed that she planted in him, and he planted it into that woman. And then that germinated, and that resonated in her, and God worked in her, and God obviously has taken her to a place where now she can pay forward what someone paid forward for her, but even in a greater way. And that's so beautiful. I mean, I just thought that that was just so beautiful um, to be able to see it. Sometimes when we plant the seed, we don't get to see the fruit of it. So it was such a blessing for me to hear my husband so excited because, man, he got to see the fruit of the seed that was planted, that he planted, that he was able to replant, basically, you know, because someone gave him the seed. And I just thought that that was, and, you know, that's what we do, like, especially, like, in events like this, right? Because our tithe belongs to the house. So that's not what we, that's not what, we're, what we receive tonight. We receive an offering. We receive a seed. I always name my seed. Even if Pastor Barbara's saying, we're going to plant a seed tonight for this, right? And I will say, absolutely, come into agreement with that. And absolutely, part of my seed is for that. But I'm always, I always have something in my spirit that the Lord has put on my heart that I'm planting a seed for. If it's believing for a family to come united under, you know, in the Lord. Or if it's for someone to have financial breakthrough or relationships to be healed. Whatever it is, I name my seed. Don't just willy-nilly, as my mother would have said, plant a seed. Name it, Right? Give it some authority, right? Ground it. Give it plant it in, in, a, in a ground and name that seed. A farmer doesn't go out and plant a seed and not know it's a carrot, right? He knows it's a carrot, right? So if you're believing for something and you're planting the seed, then you need to name that seed. Because guess what? If you don't name it, something may grow that you didn't know, right? So I say, not that it won't be a good seed, but I'm just I'm saying it might, not just, it might not be the seed you're believing for. So, I mean, believe fully when you plant your seed that it's going to germinate what God's put in your heart, Okay? So somebody needed to hear that tonight. I don't know, right? So, Father God, we thank you for tonight. I thank you for the women that are here, Lord Jesus. I thank you for the word that Pastor Barb is going to bring. I just am filled with joy, Father God, coming back from vacation, being received with the love, Father God, that this house offers to me and my family. And I just thank you for that, Lord Jesus. And I just know that as we plant these seeds tonight, Father God, these women are going to speak to these seeds, not just tonight, Father God, but in their tomorrows, Father God. And they're going to they're gonna grow, Father God, from that exactly what they need, Father God, for you are our provider and you fulfill every need that we have, Father God. Give us the courage to release the need to you and allow you to fulfill it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Look at me now All right. I want to make sure all of you ladies got one piece of paper. It'll be for the end of my teaching. Uh, but if you need some more, come on up really quick. This should be maybe one or two of you didn't get one yet. There's a few extra just in case. All right. Awesome. Well, I hope you ladies have your Bibles and your notebooks um, because we're going to do uh, quite a few scripture verses tonight. And if you don't, just take that little paper I gave you and you can write notes on it. But um, 
Like I said earlier, I want to segue out a little bit from talking about angels. We went pretty deep, a lot of scriptures about angels. Uh, I sent home your uh, study with you, so we might revisit it again in our next couple. We have two more weeks left, ladies, two more weeks after today. I know we've had some gaps. We probably should have sent out a text because it gets a little confusing of which Thursday we're on. But So two more after this, but... Um, I want to really get in and dive into the spiritual side of uh, signs, wonders, and miracles, you know, and how you can activate those in your life. And so tonight, I'm going to be talking to you on how to see and how to know God, how to see what God, like spiritual visions, how to see maybe like we talked about through our dreams prophetically. God wants you to see, and more than that, we're going to really emphasize on God wants you to no. He wants you to know his will. He wants you to know his voice. He wants you to know whatever it is in your life that you need to have a clear understanding of. God wants you to, everybody say, no. And we're going to break down a lot of scripture verses that whatever you're facing in your world or anybody else that you're ministering to, whether it's a physical situation. God wants you to know why that healing isn't happening. God wants you to know why that healing needs to happen in your life. If it's a financial matter, God wants you to know why you're not having a financial breakthrough. God wants you to know uh, business opportunities. He wants you to have insight into things that you wouldn't normally have insight into. This is the supernatural realm. So we're going to break down a lot of scripture verses. And then also spiritually, um, God wants you to know why are you stuck spiritually? You know, why are you not seeing the, uh, the, vis- the visions that God wants you to see? Why are you not seeing the miracles that you need to see in your life? God wants you to have an understanding into every area of your life. Not only your life, but if you're married, God wants you to know what's going on in that person you're married to. Amen. If they're in a funk, the Holy Spirit can speak to you. Why? Why is my husband going through this? Why is my child acting the way that my child is acting? Because of the God in you, God wants you to know. God is always speaking. Amen. He is always speaking. It is not a God problem. It's a listening problem. And we have to position ourselves in a place where we are hearing God and knowing God in all areas of our life. Um, the, the word that I want you to write down tonight is discern. It's the gift of discernment, and we're going to close talking about the gifts, but God wants you to discern what is going on in your world. If there's a coworker that you're going to, you need to minister to, God wants you to discern their motives, right? If there's a business opportunity, you need to have discernment in your life. Uh, that word discern means this, it's a spiritual guidance and an understanding, So God will give you spiritual guidance and understanding in every area of your life. Let me give you an example. There was an event that I was asked to speak at. I, ever since I gave my life to Jesus, if I can speak at an event, my answer is always going to be yes. It'll never be about how many people are in the crowd, how much money I'm going to get paid. To me, God gave me a voice of the Spirit, and anytime I have an opportunity, if I'm able, my answer is going to be yes. I'm going to bless people. But God also gave us discernment, right? To know God, there's a time to say yes, and there's a time to say no. Because God wants you to know when the situation you're getting yourself into is going to be more harmful 
that will be damaging, that will be a spiritual attack. There's things that God knows in the unknown that we don't know. And so when we tap into knowing what God wants, then we have to rest. And if the Lord says no, we have to rest into we don't know why and we don't want to know why. Amen? So when the Lord says no, we say, God, I want to know what you know, he may not give you all the details why, but he's just going to simply say no. And he's saving you from harm or danger that you, he just doesn't want you to identify or experience with. And that's why us, where us as the believers have to trust that no or trust that delay. Like we don't want to be like Saul and try to get ahead of God, you know, and manufacture it in the flesh. We have to trust and know. So God will give you a peace in your knowing what God is saying. Amen. So God wants to tell us things. Let me say amen. So I want you to open up your Bibles. Let me go back with my example really quick because I forgot. I got this invitation. This was a few years ago. They wanted to give me this award, uh, like women of, women of God, a year of the award. I don't know. Some, I don't know. It was my leadership or what. And they were going to present me with this giant award and acknowledgement. And I was going to preach at this huge event. And I just had this red flag of the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, I, I don't. My flesh was like, that's kind of cool. But I had this red flag. And uh, come to find out that whole organization was just a mess. And they were thieves. And they had different agendas. And God rescued me from something. And I, I said no to it. And later the Lord revealed to me why. Amen. And now I was, I'm invited. I don't know if you saw it on Facebook, but I'm invited to this prayer event. And I'm super excited about it. I had total peace in my spirit. I knew what God wanted. And a, a friend, not a friend, a lady tried calling me and tried saying, well, you need to be careful. You know, there's people out there. Da, da, da. And I said, yeah, I, know, I hear what you're saying, but I know when God speaks to me. You know, I know. So I, you have to know. I know what God said to me. She was trying to just be more of a troublemaker because I found out later that her ex-husband is friends with them and she didn't want, and she's my friend. You know what I'm saying? So you have to know because her opinion of my, that situation could have maybe I went, ooh, yeah, maybe I don't want to do that. But when God speaks and you know, nothing can derail you from that because you know what God is speaking. Amen? All right. So John 16, and let's start in verse 12. This is so awesome. In verse 12, just as Jesus talking, John 16, 12. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and flip the pages. This is Jesus. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. So what is Jesus saying? There's so many things that I'm trying to tell you. There's so many things that I want to reveal to you. I want to reveal the unknown to you. I want to reveal the supernatural to you. I want to reveal to you, listen, the unseen things. But Jesus is saying to them, but you can't bear them now. And this is the first point that we're going to talk about, that there's sometimes things that God wants to speak to us that because of our emotions and where we're at, we block ourselves from hearing what Jesus has to say. You know, we may limit because maybe God's trying to say something to us that we don't want to hear. Has any of everybody been in that situation before where there's this like little spirit in you that knows what God is saying, but if I really talk to God about it, I don't really want to hear it anyway, so I'm not even going to really ask God about the situation, right? And then there's some things that maybe we don't like the way that it's going to turn out, and so there's this block inside of us that we can't hear God. So it's not God not talking to you. It's us saying, Jesus saying, I have lots to say to you, but you're not listening right now. 
So in, when it comes to the supernatural realm, we have to be willing to say, God, whatever you want to say to me, I'll hear. And if it's something I don't want to hear, I'll still hear and I'll obey you. Amen? Because there's things in our flesh we don't want to hear. Like I'll give you, I have a few examples, but one of the examples was when um, this church was going to become mine. In my flesh, I didn't want it, not because I didn't love you all and I didn't love church, but the thought of being a single woman leading a church was not a task that in my flesh I wanted. And so I did not talk to the Lord about that for a while. And I knew in my spirit, I'm to be the one. And we could bring in an awesome couple, and this couple could take this church to the next level. And I didn't even talk to God about it because I didn't want God to tell me yes. <laughs> so I kept it way out here, right? Because I, God was trying to tell me something I couldn't handle at the moment, right? And so it wasn't until I finally said, you know what, God, whatever you want, you let your will be done. And the Lord says, the church is yours, girlfriend you know? And at the end, I'll tell, tell you later, but when you surrender to really hearing God's voice, even though it's not something you want to hear, it ends up being the most amazing thing you could imagine. What happened in the last two years of I didn't want to know the truth became the best experience of my Christian walk in Christ, seeing what the Lord has done in this house and, and seeing people saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. And Wednesday night, we had four or five kids get speaking in tongues, you know? And so we have to be willing to hear Jesus Jesus, even when our flesh does, but I really don't want to be accountable to that yet, right? And you'll find out it'll be the greatest, greatest thing of your life. But what happens is we have emotions, and emotions block us, especially women, right? So we have to get out of our emotions. There's sometimes God told women, you stay in that marriage, and it's a horrible marriage, unless they're beating you, you know what I'm saying? But he's just like, he's crazy, and I'm over him. And God may say, you stay in that marriage, I don't want to know that, God, right? I don't want to know that yet. So God's saying, you, you can't bear it now, but I want you to know I am speaking. I am speaking, and when you're ready, you'll hear. That makes sense? Another example really quick is when I've been in ministry, as you all know, since I was 20, and I was a youth pastor for a while, a children's pastor, then youth pastor, and um, I had an okay youth ministry. It was doing very, very well, but I had this... Um, blockage in me from really flowing in my calling. And I didn't realize it until, until I started talking to the Lord about it. And in our area that I was in, in Wisconsin, there was a lot of Jezebel spirits. And that was a very strong, active spirit in, in the church world at that time. Not so much in the style of church we run today, but back in the day, Jezebel spirit was huge. And, and Jezebel spirit is still strong, but I'm just saying it's not as active in the churches today. Um, blatant. Well, anyway, I, d I am a strong woman. I'm an independent woman, but I also love my femininity. And I didn't want to be one of these wild, crazy Jezebel women that was masculine and, and wanted to override male authority. And I'm like, I love being a girl. I am all girl, you know? It wasn't until I read this book, but I think, it's, is it James Dobson, the book that I read? She's not even paying attention. She's goofing off over there. What's that book I have? What's that book I have Maya reading right now? The Esther one. Okay, who's the author? Do you remember? Anyway, he wrote a whole book. Of, I recommend it highly. He wrote a whole series of, of uh, characters in the Bible, and he brought them to life. And so I picked up the Esther book, and um, I started reading her story, and she was so strong. No, excuse me. She was so feminine. She was such a lady, but she knew how to take her strength 
and submit it to the Holy Spirit and then allow the wisdom of her strength to flow through God in making wise decisions. And it's an amazing book. And I went, well, I can do that. You know, I can take my femininity. But it wasn't until I allowed that Jezebel spirit or that fear of Jezebel, my emotions, I wasn't ready to hear all God had for me. So the greatness of God was all there. The design of God was all there, but because of my emotions, because of my own blockage, God wasn't able to reveal to me all that he had for me because I wasn't ready. So you have to ask the Lord, is there something there that's keeping me away from really experiencing the fullness of who you are? If I'm not hearing your voice, why? If I'm not hearing for my children, why? You are called to hear for your babies. Like there's the Holy Spirit and then mama. (laughs) You know, and you are like partners in crime. And he speaks and your hair goes up and, and you go off and take care of business. That's how, that's how it works, right? Why aren't you then, right? You know, if your husband's going through something, what are you discerning? Is our first, you know, response to get mad or is it to say, Holy Spirit, what's going on in my husband? What's changed? You know, is there something underneath this behavior that's really the issue? And let the Holy Spirit speak to you, right? So does that help a little bit? So there's an emotional block in our life that we have to be willing to say, I want to know all things. So what happened? Jesus said in verse 12, there's so many things I want to tell you, verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you of things to come. So our, our cry needs to be what? I have the spirit of truth in me. I don't know what's going on, but I have the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit tells me all things. That's the confidence that we have as women of God. And you keep declaring, God, you said you're going to show me. And the spirit of truth, you're going to reveal it to me. Does that make sense? So even when you're praying for someone, there's been times, you know, where I'm gonna, we went to a youth event, uh, a youth mission trip, and uh, was pro- I brought probably 40 kids to L.A. and uh, to the Dream Center. And we did a lot of street ministry and the, the level that there was a lot of demonic activity going on. Because, boy, when you're combating hell like that, there's a lot of demonic activity. And so all of a sudden, the teenagers on my floor just went crazy. And, I mean, they just were like, one girl was touching a doorknob and a demonic spirit was grabbing her hand and wouldn't let her turn. And I thought they were all emotionally nuts. I'm like, y'all, you go to your room, you go to your room. Like, I was not spiritual at all, you know. So I go back to my room. Man, these kids are losing it. And so um, when back to my room and finally there's this, this boy and he's over there and he's going through deliverance. Demons coming out of him. And so someone comes and knocks them out and they're all screaming at the devil. and they're You know how we get, we get real excited. We just think if we scream louder, the devil's going to run out faster or something. And it's not that. It's authority, right? And so um, I remember that I walk in, I come in, oh fine, there's a demon coming out of this kid. So I walk in and and I'm like, get these kids out of their emotions and settle them down. Well, sure enough, as soon as I walked in, I discerned that he's going through deliverance. There's a demonic spirit here. So I literally walked right up to the middle, and I told everybody, stop talking. Like, shh. Because we have to hear what God is saying. What is going on in this young man? I'm not going to let that devil talk to me. Amen. I'm going to know, spirit of truth, tell me what's going on in this kid. 
you know? Everybody quiet, because I cannot hear everybody's yelling, right? This is not going to drive the demon out. I know who I am in Christ Jesus. That's what drives the devil out. You have to know who you are. When you go and you can face and you confront demons and you confront angry people, you stand with God in you. You're not in your earth suit at that moment. You know who you are. And I may be five foot one, but I have a great giant Holy Spirit living in me, and I know his presence. And when something comes at me, I will let that spirit, it's like, it's like I just choose to let the Holy Spirit come in front of me, and I get out of the way. And that happened last couple Sundays ago. This guy made a beeline over to me, and I'm like, oh, he's going to attack me. I know he's going to attack me. And he's like, you know, yeah, I really liked your message, but, and I knew he was going to attack me for being a female preacher. And he was really tall, and uh, he, he goes, but, and he just goes, he could not speak. The Holy Spirit made his tongue cleave to the roof of his mouth. And I was just like, I wish you would say, because I'm really curious what you have to say. <laughs> but God's like, you're not going to touch my girl. Literally, it was a long, probably 15 seconds where he was confound. He could not get any words. And he goes, and then he finally went, okay, and he walked away. And I thought, <laughs> but you know what happened when he walked up? I let my spirit rise up, not my flesh. I went, I'm already get this guy. I'm going to tell him the word. No, I let the Holy, I did, because I can do that too. No, I saw the Holy Spirit come in front of me. Why? Because I know God. And he fights my battles for me, right? And so that happened, and the Holy Spirit just, I mean, he could not talk. It was the coolest thing ever. So anyway, going back to this story, um, get, get the noise out and say, Spirit of truth, you live in me. And you tell me everything God says. That's what the Word says. You can only tell me what God tells me. So you have to tell me what God's saying. You have to tell me the will of God in my life. You have to reveal that to me. And so we pushed everybody back, laid hands, and then the Lord gave me, I can't remember what um, spirit it was, honestly, I can't, but the Lord gave me that name, and that spirit came, I mean, just growling out of this kid. Then there was another one, it was like levels, and it was quiet in the room, but it was just allowing, it was praying lightly in the Holy Spirit, but allowing us to hear God, what it was, and taking our authority in the spirit for that demon to be cast out, you know? And what happened was, um, I thought it was over with, it got really quiet, and uh, this boy was sitting on a bunk bed, he goes, when we cast out the last spirit, he goes, oh my gosh, that spirit's right there, right there, and everybody's going, where, where is it? Well, the boy who was being going through deliverance goes, it's over there, like in his voice, and I was like, oh my God, you were hiding, like, I didn't even know that spirit was in there, but the Lord used all that to reveal that demon spirit that was hiding, and the root was anger. It was the root of anger, and that one last one was saying, I'm not going to reveal myself, but the Lord made him talk, right? And that spirit came out of that kid, and this woman who was staying, standing over me started singing this beautiful worship song in another language. I can't even tell you what language it was, and the presence of God, and we filled him up with the Holy Spirit. We filled him up with Jesus, led him to Jesus Christ, and that young boy was completely set free, amen? So God wants you to know all things. Spirit of truth, you you're going to reveal to me what's the motives going on. Why isn't there breakthrough, you know? Why isn't that person saved yet? Lord, you're going to show me your will. Amen? All right. If you don't know truth in any area of your life, there's no peace. Because when you don't know the will of God in a situation, you don't have peace. It's torment, isn't it? 
And God is not a God of torment. So he wants you to know, but we have to align ourselves to hear him and say, God, give me ears to hear what your spirit has to say. There's probably not a day that goes by that I don't pray that prayer. It's become such a routine in in my prayer. Lord, give me ears to hear what your spirit has to say. Why? Because I want to know what the spirit of the Lord is saying, amen? I want to know how to lead this church. I want to know right people to hire. I want to know when someone comes in our flock and they're not good. Give me ears to hear God. And God wants me to know all things. Single people, you want to know who you're going to marry. You want to know what God has to say, amen? You want to know the will. God can reveal that person to you. Why? Because he said, I have all truth in me. Spirit tells me what God has to say. The Spirit can only tell me truth, and he can tell me too. Amen? Okay, let's see. So you have to say to yourself, I have the truth, and the truth has to speak to me. Let that be your declaration. I have the truth, because you have the Spirit, and the truth has to speak to me. Amen? And whenever you want to pull away from a situation because you don't understand it, whenever you want to pull away because it doesn't make sense to you or it doesn't look like what you think it should look like, you have to stop and say, I have the spirit of truth. I'm not going to move yes and I'm not going to move no. I have the spirit of truth and I'm staying until I get the yes from God. Amen. And he is the one who has to tell me yes in my life. All right. Let me keep, let me look at this scripture verse. I think we got through all of that. So what begins to happen when you allow the spirit of truth to come into your life and you surrender to it? And like I said earlier, when I took the yes to the church and I said yes, it was the, something I thought that was going to be so challenging was so amazing beyond my wildest imaginations. So the things that you say yes to because God says so will be the greatest blessing you could ever imagine in your life, amen? And then what happens is when you learn to listen to God's voice, his yes, his truth, and it turns out you're gonna begin to build your confidence in God. All of a sudden, you're gonna trust God. You know, where you trust him by faith a couple times, like, oh, I don't know, God, (laughs) you know? I know we've had situations, people, I'm, I think I feel called to move here, and the Lord says, no, I trust you, God, because you tell me all truth, you know, whatever that is. So you'll build your confidence in God, and then what will begin to happen? The more your confidence is in knowing that truth is speaking to you, the more that you will um, begin to know things. You'll begin to have a greater discernment. So where you became, where it's kind of void in understanding God, as you begin to activate this gift of trusting him and stirring up truth, and you see God respond, you're going to start knowing more, knowing more, discerning more, and that gift will become so active and alive in your life. But if you don't take a step to allow truth to arise, then you can't build the confidence of really hearing from God. But the more that you do, and then what's going to happen, you're going to begin to see more. You'll start having visions. You'll start having the dreams that we're talking about. You know, you'll start having a discernment when you meet someone like, ooh, they're not, they're not for my family or my life, right? You'll start activating that gift in your life. How many would love more and more and more from God? Amen. All right, let's go over to Deuteronomy 29, verse 29. That's way back at the beginning. So if you have your phone or your Bibles or if you're taking notes, Deuteronomy 29, 29 says this. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, right? Secret things, things 
that we don't know or can't see yet. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong to us. So see, God has secret things. He has much to say to you, right? That's what we learned in John. They're secret, but God says, I want to reveal them to you. God wants to unveil those things that are hidden to your life. Revealed. And it also means disclose. That word revealed, let's see, I have it here somewhere, means to uncover, open, or strip away. And we'll get to more of that in just a minute. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belongs to us and to our little children forever that we may do all the words of his law. So what this scripture verse is saying, that the things that are hidden from the world, those that are unspiritual have to live according to their senses. God says, I reveal them to you. And once you get that revelation, that rhema from God, it goes down to your children and your children carry that revelation. So like in my life, my dad was the one who was the first generation Christian. And so he unveiled, he found all the mysteries of Christ. So growing up, people were cast, de demons were cast out, prostitutes ended up in our basement. You heard the stories. People were set free and healed. That was commonplace to me. Seeing legs grow out, arms grow out, all of this supernatural. Now, I carry that truth because the truth started with the first generation. Amen. So you need to say, Lord, give me, reveal to me your spirit of truth. Now, I want to go over to Amos really quick, and it's a really hard verse to find in the Bible. So if you don't get there quick enough, just write it down. Amos 3, verse 7, it says this, surely the Lord God does nothing. Listen, God does nothing in our life unless he reveals his secrets to the servants and the prophets. God will not move until he reveals something to you. So you can't move until you get the revelation of what God is saying, until you know. That's why God says, I have to reveal it to you because you can't do my, my will until I show you. So the word reveal means this, so awesome. It means to uncover, to uh, strip away. Those hidden things, listen, that you don't understand, God is going to strip away the boundary so that you can see. Isn't this good? Um, it means to unveil or to part or send it into exile, right? There's an undisclosing of secrets. So when you are praying to know God's will, you are asking the Lord to tell you his secrets. So God knows every situation that you're facing, Amen. He knows every obstacle, so Lord, reveal your secrets to me. Now, the word reveal is this. It's a rhema, a rhema word. And a rhema means this. It means a communication of knowledge, something that you don't know, to human by a divine or supernatural, um, supernatural, don't know what I wrote there. A chicken scratch, by the supernatural. So a rhema is this. It's a communication, information to you by divine and su supernatural means. That's a rhema. I was trying to think of a good example to you of a rhema, and simplest one I could come up with is this. You know how we know the Bible, and we can quote scripture verses? That's awesome. But that doesn't mean it's rhema. It's a truth, but it doesn't mean it's your truth that you're experiencing. 
So if you don't have a rhema of the word, unfortunately, it's just the word, but it's not an active truth in your life yet. And how it becomes active is when you experience it. So let me give you an example of how that can make sense. Uh, Oh, has anybody ever come up to you and says, oh my gosh, I got to tell you something that funny that happened today. And they're like into this story and they're telling you how funny and they're like laughing while they're telling it. Oh my God, it was so funny. And maybe it was funny to you too. You're like, yeah, that was really funny. But you'll walk away and probably never talk about that funny story again. But that person who experienced it will talk about it, talk about everybody around them will know that funny thing that happened to them. Like I have a hundred stories and most of my friends know my stories, right? What was the difference? Because the one telling the story experienced it. And you may, even that person may go, oh, you, you want to hear what happened to, you know, Quinn today? I was, and you can tell it, but it's not near as forceful or understanding or communicative as the one who actually had every emotion attached to it. You can retell it, and that's what we find ourselves doing with the word. I can retell it, but I haven't really experienced the life of that scripture yet. So it's good, but somebody else who says, man, I, I was there and raised like our sweet Debbie. I raised that baby from the dead. She has a whole different experience than any of us have had, amen? So that's a rhema. A rhema is where a light bulb goes off and you've experienced God's power and you've experienced his voice. You know, um, then you, you have a full understanding of what's going on. All right, let's go back to Deuteronomy 30, verse um, 11 through 14. It says this, for this commandment, which, which I command you today, is not too mysterious for you. So what I'm trying to tell you as a believer is not too mysterious for you, listen, nor is it far away. See, God's answer is not far away. It's right here in you. Amen? It's not too mysterious that you have to go to a faraway land to hear what God has to say. That's why people who want to run to a prophet and hear from a prophetic word, they don't have to do that. You have the spirit of truth living in you to hear God, amen? And you can pray for confirmations. You can pray for, you know, the power of agreement. But you know the voice of God is that still small voice that understands and hears. Verse 12, this is so awesome. It is not in heaven that you should say, who shall ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? How many of you say, man, if Jesus would just show up at my front door and tell me, I would obey him. Lord, just send an angel to me and just say, open up heaven and says, thus says the Lord, right? That's what he's saying here. Who's going to go to heaven and get this word for me? Who's going to bring it down? And what did he say? We don't have to do that, do we? Verse 13 says, nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who shall go over the sea for us and bring it back to us that we may bear and do it? Who's going to go across to China and get a word from God for me? Will somebody do it? Because my answer is over there somewhere, right? God said, you don't have to do that. Why? Verse 14, but the word is very near you. It is in your mouth, in your heart, that you may do it. The word is in us, amen? The spirit of truth lives in us. And when I know truth, now I'm speaking truth, amen? And I'm speaking with full authority from God, amen? All right, let's go over to Romans 10. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans 10. I want to, when I was, while we're going there, when I was 30, I was 38, I think. And as you know, I've never married. And uh, I met this 
okay, let me backtrack a really fast story. I made a vow to God that I got very weary of waiting on the Lord, and I waited a long time. And I got really weary of waiting on the Lord. And I was attending a church at the time that was building strong homes and families. And so it was all about families and kids. And I was there for seven years, inundated with families and kids. And, of course, it was in Mormon territory, so everybody had like seven and eight kids, you know. And, and I, I'll, I have this call of God in my life, you know, and I love God so much. And, and I felt like I was set apart for his purposes, but my identity was being so challenged being around this mission statement of building strong homes and families, and I just wanted to be normal. I just wanted to fit in and, and have a husband and build my family and was willing to put my calling on the back burner and just say, God, I'll have the white picket fence and the little dog and the family. And God knows I'm not designed for, I mean, I love all that. I would love to have all that. Lord, listen to me. I would love to have all that, but not at the cost of my calling. Amen. And so I got very weary and, and I didn't want to wait. Circumstances led me to this and I was devastated by something and I just said, I'm done. And the next man that comes in my life, I will marry him. And wouldn't you know, the devil sent in a good looking Italian man in my church. <laughs> He was fine, and he spoke Italian, and he loved Jesus, and I went, that's it, and I just dove right in. And those are one of those moments where Jesus said, I have much to say to you, Barb, but you're not listening. And I didn't want to listen. And I, I would I'd wake up, and I'd have my spirit knew that it wasn't God, but I, as soon as I got ready and got going about my day, I was just like, ah, it's good. He's this and he's that. You know, we justify our flesh. Your spirit's speaking. But we justify the flesh decision. And so I, you know, and, and so I made all these decisions, planned my marriage, got engaged in front of this huge church, 5,000 people. I was an executive pastor to the senior pastor's wife, so I was very high profile in this wedding and this engagement. My pastor's wife did a baby shower for me. No, 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 a wedding shower for me. <laughs> I have nothing hidden, guys. <laughs> and, uh, did, and so it was just... Beautiful in the sense of it was a beautiful experience, but it wasn't supposed to be my experience with him. And I begin to have these anxiety attacks. The Holy Spirit's troubling me, troubling me, troubling me, troubling me. And I begin to see his behavior. He became very controlling, very abusive, um, very abusive mentally, not physically, but mentally and emotionally very abusive. He started to strip away everything kingdom, uh, wanted me to stop tithing, wanted me to start, stop giving gifts to my pastors. And, and so here I am dealing with all of this inner turmoil and not telling anybody, and yet this wedding's about to happen, and I know, I know what I need to do, and I just don't have the courage to do it. And so uh, one day I um, was driving to work, and I would not listen to God. I would not listen. I never even pray about it. But one day I was driving to work. I lived in Ahwatukee. I worked in Mesa. And I turned on my radio driving to work. I'm talking about the supernatural, okay? God wants to speak to us, and he will use ways to speak to us. And I turned on my radio, and it was probably like an oldies but goodies station. It wasn't even a religious station. And a voice came out of my radio, and it said, you know what you need to do, and you need to obey God because the cost is too big. And I was mad. I, it wasn't good news. I was like, oh, my God, Jesus. <laughs> I did not want to let this guy go. I did not want to not be married. I did not not want to feel normal. I wanted this with every part of my being. And I was angry. And I said, fine, God, if you want him, I give him to you. And that's all he was waiting for. And it was like he just took my will, and that was it. And I began to have what I call torment by the Holy Spirit. And he, would, he was just troubling me, troubling me, troubling me. Anyway, fast forward, I ended up 
calling off the wedding the day before I was supposed to get married. And it was devastation. It was devastating for uh, him, his family, everybody that was there. It was devastating for me. My family was doing the dance of joy. They, they, you know, they were happy I made the right decision. And it was a devastation. I went into two years of, of grieving and two years of uh, shame, and it was just horrible. And the goodness of God is that... Um, my family was there for a week. My best friend stayed for a week after that, and then I was alone. And I just said, God, what I did was crazy. I don't know anybody who's done what I've done. I'm so embarrassed. You know, I'm humiliated. I'm ashamed, and I, it's everything. And yet I know I obeyed God. And so I got on the Internet one day, and I was reading this woman's story. And as I was reading her story, she was in her wedding dress at the altar about to marry this dude, and God said no. And she called it off at the altar. And I'm like, this girl is cooler than me, because I don't think I could have done that. So I reached out to her, and I emailed her. I said, this is my story. You know, I'm just broken, and, um, you know, if there's anything you can do for me, because I just needed somebody who could identify with right where I was at. And uh, she emailed me right away. She goes, here's my phone number. And so I called her, and we started talking. She heard my story, and I was waiting for this, like, oh, sis, we're going to pray you through, like, this compassion. And the first thing she said to me, it says, you need to ask the Holy Spirit, ask yourself why you allowed it to go that far in the first place. And I was like, ooh, I wasn't happy about that. Because <laughs> she made me take ownership immediately. There's no excuses. And I'm like, girl, I, I just saw like a scroll coming out of my tongue. Like, Bruh, I could tell you a thousand reasons why I did what I did. But it didn't matter. You go back to why you disobeyed God, you know. So I hung up that phone and I went back and it was, I didn't want to trust the Lord anymore. You know, I didn't want to trust him. And so I took things into my own hands and, it, and God's grace was there, but it was a time of a lot of restoration and healing and God working everything out, you know. So... We want to know, we want to listen, amen, because God, and if I had married him, I probably had two kids with them, cute babies, I'm sure, <laughs> but I don't know the cost it would have cost me. This church, for sure, you know, my destiny, more than likely, and probably a divorce, you know, with a split family, and, um, and God still would have found his grace and all that and love and restored it and all of that and find way back, but it's a journey, isn't it, when we, when we make poor choices, and, and it's okay because God finds us along the way, but it's better to listen at the beginning, amen, hear at the beginning and know because God knows what's best for us, amen, and I wasn't planning on sharing that, but I just felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to. Okay, so where are we at? Uh, Romans um, 10, verses 6 through 8. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way, do not say in your heart. So again, we're not going to question our emotions, right? We're not going to question what we think. Who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who will ascend into hell? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. I'm not going to go and look for other answers. But what does it say? The word is near you, same as Deuteronomy, in your mouth and in your heart. So the word of God is right in front of you. That is the word of faith which we preach. Amen? The word is right in front of you. All right, let's go to Luke 8.10. Just a few more scriptures. I'm making sure you guys have the word on this, okay? Because I want it to be a revelation in your heart. Luke 8.10 the purpose of parables. Um, verse 9 says, Then his disciples asked him, saying, What does this parable mean? And he said to the disciples, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. 
See, he's saying to his disciples, because you believe in me, I don't need to speak in parables to you. I don't need to go around the bend for you to understand me. I reveal the mysteries of my kingdom to you. Amen? That's his job. But to the rest is given parables, that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. That word um, mysteries means hidden truths. God wants to reveal the hidden truths to you in your life, all right? Do some of your bells going off? Is this kind of like making some sense? All right, let's go to Jeremiah 33. Isaiah, Jeremiah 33. Verse 3. Call to me, and I will answer you. You want to know God? He says, call to me. That means calling out aloud in an attempt to get someone's attention. If you really want to know the truth, call to God. Say, God, I put a demand on your word that says your spirit of truth is in me and I need to know your truth. Amen. Call to me and what? I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Amen. That's the power of God. All right. Really quick. We're wrapping down, girls. First Corinthians 14. Let's do one through four. It says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. This is the gifts of the Spirit. For he who speaks in tongues does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, when he speaks, he speaks in mysteries. So when you pray in tongues, you are praying the mysteries of heaven, right? You're praying the perfect will of God, but you don't know it, right? What's so awesome about that is you are praying the will of God, but God doesn't want you just to speak in tongues the mysteries. He wants you to know the mysteries of God, right? So let's go over to verse, um, oh, verse four. He who speaks in tongues edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Now go up to verse 14. So what happens? I'm praying in tongues, but what? I'm not getting my answer. How many of you prayed for things you didn't get the answer? You didn't get your miracle yet. Maybe you've been praying for a year about something and you're still not getting it. There's an obstacle there, right? I'm not knowing what God wants. Why isn't this happening? Verse 14 says, for if I pray in tongues, my spirit prays, but what? My understanding is unfruitful. That means I don't know yet. And when you don't know, you're not empowered with authority yet. You're praying the will of God, but you're not empowered with faith yet. Verse 15, so what's the conclusion? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, but I will also sing with the understanding. So what does God want? He wants us to know, not only pray in the Spirit, but he wants us to know so we can understand, right? Does that make sense? You're going to pray in tongues, which prays the mysteries, but then God wants to reveal those mysteries to you so that you understand. And when you understand the mystery, now you can pray the prayer of faith. Does that make sense? Okay. That was more exciting to me than I think it was for you guys. <laughs> I got a little personal rhema there. All right, Mark 4.11. Mark 4.11. All right, so what are the mysteries? Verse 11, and he said to them, to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. There it is again, the word mystery. You want to circle it in your Bible. To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, 
That word mystery means a secret known only to the ones who's initiating it, requiring special revelation. All right? But to those who are outside, all things comes in parables. So what are the mysteries? What's going on with my money? What's going on with my family? What's going on with my children? Why is there no breakthrough, right? What spirit is motivating behind this situation? All right. Let's do this. First Samuel. I'm going to close with this. First Samuel 3. I have a Charlie horse in my right foot, everybody. Take this shoe off. What I say, First Samuel 3. I didn't put tabs on purpose so I could scroll with all you all and not go too fast. All right, First Samuel 3, verse 8, or chapter 3. This is the story of, now listen, Samuel when he was learning to hear God's voice, right? And it says in this, in verse um, 1, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no, spra- no widespread revelation. See, there was no word of God happening, no rhema of God happening. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was. And while Samuel was lying down, verse 4, the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, here I am. So the Lord called Samuel. Samuel called him by his name, right? He's like, here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. And Eli said, I didn't answer you. Go back and lay back down. Verse 6, and the Lord called again to Samuel. So Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. He said, my son, I didn't answer you. Go lay back down. Verse 7, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. This is what I want you to hear. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. See, he didn't understand the voice of God. God was speaking. He had some kind of understanding, but he didn't know it was the voice of God because he'd never had a revelation yet. And that's where God wants us to get as believers, amen? Not just hear leaders' voices, but you to know God is speaking to you. Have that understanding. Verse 8, and the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived what the Lord, that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, go lie down, and it shall be. If he calls you, you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak, I'm your servant, is listening. That needs to be our cry to the Lord. Listen, he's talking. He's revealing things to us. And you may not be familiar with that voice, but you need to say, Lord, you speak because I am listening. Amen? And now the word of the Lord rushed back through Samuel. The word came back, and and the prophetic call came on his life, and God began to move again in the nation. And that's what God wants for you. And this last sheet that I gave you tonight, As you begin to hear the voice of God, because we're talking about signs, wonders, and miracles, you may have a heart to pray for someone or pray in a situation. As you seek God and his voice, these are the gifts of the Spirit. And I wanted to look them up really quick. The Bible says that the gifts of the Spirit you are to desire. This is something my dad taught me when I was 20 years old, and it got me so excited. He said, you can covet the gifts of the Spirit. Every one of us in this room 
can move in all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And that word desire means to zealously want in your life. So Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift of God that is in you. So the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the truth, are on the inside of you. And you need to begin to ask the Lord to stir up these gifts. Because as the Lord has you praying for people, and you're hearing the voice of God in the mysteries, what's going to happen? You're going to have a word of wisdom for someone. That's a gift of the Holy Spirit. You're going to know God. You're going to know what he has to say. And by knowing him, you're going to have a word of wisdom. The word of wisdom is a gift to make choices and give leadership that is according to God's will. Wisdom is beyond your natural understanding, basically. You can give that wisdom to someone. Or the gift of knowledge, understanding in their situations, understanding what they're going through. Uh, prayed for the teenagers. There was one young boy I prayed for, and I just sensed uh, he was such a... He was worried about so many things, just worried, worried. And, and he's worried about pleasing everybody and making sure that the expectations that are expected of him, that he could meet them. And he was very troubled about that. And I prophesied that over him, that don't worry. Where, where God wants you, he'll take you. And don't worry what when men think of you, you know. And let that peace hit your heart, that the Lord will be in it. And I asked him, I said, was that right on? He's like, yes, that was right on. Well, that's a word of knowledge. It's something I didn't know, but the Spirit of the Lord knew. And what did he do? He revealed it to me, right? That's what the Spirit of the Lord does. You could be at your job with someone and say, Lord, reveal, reveal something. Show me, Holy Spirit. Stir up that. Get, unveil the mysteries, and the Lord could show you something. And ask them. Don't be afraid. Say, hey, I just had this I'd like to share with you, and this is what kind of came to my heart, and da-da-da-da-da. And, and then say, is that true? Is that something? Yeah, most likely they'll say, yeah. And then, then the mysteries are revealed, and now God can flood in their heart. Amen? I did that with like three or four of them. Why? Because when I was 20, my dad told me I could. I'm like, well, I want all of them. I'm going to be a piggy for Jesus. You know, and I can flow in and out of all the gifts of the Spirit. Now, they're not all my gifts. You know, my gifting is pastoring, obviously, and speaking the Word, but I can flow in and out of all the gifts of the Spirit because I've allowed the Spirit permission to do that. Uh, the gift of faith in your life, the gift of healing, miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues, administration, and the gifts of help. When it comes to the interpretations of tongues, let me help you with this. If, if you're praying at home and, and you're praying in the Holy Spirit, every day you should be praying in the Holy Spirit, get your notebook out and you should be the first one interpreting your prophetic word. Say, Lord, what, what did you just say to me, God? What, what did I just pray for? And you just, the Holy Spirit will just start speaking to you what you just prayed for, you know? If we're in a worship service and you're worshiping God, just ask the Lord for a word. You know, what, what, are, you, what are you saying today, God? What, what are you saying over my family? What are you saying over the church? And, you know, and I have many people come to me, man, I had this vision of this, like the, there was a gentleman, I think it was your, your sweetheart, he had a vision of curtains opening up in the church, just wide open, that the church Lord was expanding our church, and just a sweet young man, just a sweet man in our church, and, and yet he was open to the spiritual realm to know the mysteries of God. Seeing angels are mysteries, you know? Seeing a supernatural and miracles, those are mysteries. So Lord, show me the mysteries, because I'm your believer. You'll lead me into all those truths. Amen? Amen. Any questions that arise while I was speaking? I spoke almost a whole hour. You guys got a lot of information. Yes, sweetheart. passed on. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, like a family member. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so is talking to the dead, both. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, just for any clarity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. You don't want to listen to that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. And, and like, that's so good. Thank you for bringing that up again because, you know, even, like, people who are drawn towards uh, astrology, you know, the devil will make sure you hear what you want to hear. You know, he knows that he, you, what your desires are. And so he'll bring, he's a deceiver. And that's why tonight with the spirit of truth, is we pull from the Spirit of God. Everything we do, you have to find it in the Word of God. Every experience has to be found in the Word of God, or it's a familiar spirit or a visitation from a, a demonic influence. Um, but the presence of God will only go through the Word of God. Yeah. We don't want to read astrologies. I almost bought this, because uh, you open up to that spiritual realm. You don't know what's been prayed over. There's true witchcraft. There's true witches that are out there. They have assignments. And I saw this beautiful necklace that had a pink stone on it. I'm like, oh, that's so pretty. I'm going to buy that. And I realized it was one of those astrology stones. Now, I know God created the stones, and they're, they're his creation, but I don't know who prayed over that. I don't know what assignment's on that thing. So I'm not bringing it in my home. I'm not even going to buy it because I'm not going to open up my ears to anything but the Holy Spirit. And listen, there's even Christian books that you better have discernment on. Because everything in a Christian bookstore and Christian label has not got the Holy Spirit on it. I was reading this book once about fathers and daughters. I'm like, oh, I'm going to read this book because I'm a reader. I love to read. And I read the first chapter or so, and the chapter made me feel like my dad wasn't a great dad. And I was like, I don't like this book. I took it right out to the trash and threw it out. I didn't even leave it in my house. I'm like, it's going in the garage, in the garbage, because the influence of that book wanted me to have a different feeling than I should have. So you have to, like she said, be wise as a serpent and gentle as a dove. 
the devil is definitely on an assignment, especially with all the witchcraft movies right now. And, and they're starting with our babies to desensitize them of the spiritual realm, you know, that our power comes from the Holy Spirit only. And if you're reading astrologies, you need to stop it. Honestly, just shut that door, you know. Pray over material that you read. Check your children's bedrooms. Are there things that they've got in there that we need to renounce, call sin? You know, there's been things. I got a letter from a woman who um, was attacking my family viciously. Not me, but my family. And she was wanting me to feel a certain way. It caused division in my family. I took it to the backyard on the patio, and I burnt it. There's a burn mark back there. Because you know what? I'm not letting the seeds of that spirit get in my heart. I know I discern the spirit of that letter. Not going to get in my house. And that's what she's talking about. You know, it's the spirit of God. That's knowing God's voice and discerning those things. Because the devil's an onslaught, especially your babies. I've been so passionate about our babies. We need to be praying over your children every day, praying in the spirit about them and what they're encountering. Because there's things they're facing at school they are not telling you. I'm telling you, they're going through stuff. And you need to have conversations with them. You need to have the hard ones with them. I know with Samaya, we've had some, like, embarrassing conversations. <laughs> like, ooh, we're going to talk about this now? But they need to have it. And the best way for them to learn is mom and dad or mom, you know, who's ever in the home, mentor, that you have the tough conversations with so that when they go to school, they have information and they're not getting it from someone else. And that's why I let them experience the Holy Spirit. You know, the, we got four children filled with the Holy Spirit Wednesday night. Let them know the power of God so that there's not a comparison than any other in the world that can pull them away. And get them in while they're young. Get that whole, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I think I was 9 or 10 and um, changed my life. I went from pretending to be a school teacher to uh, preaching the gospel in the mirror because my gift was teaching, but it wasn't activated until I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And when I was filled with the Holy Spirit, all my teaching curriculum, I had little students, little grade book, everything. And when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I took my parents' prayer journal out, and I preached in the mirror and got everybody saved, all 10,000 of them. <laughs> had revival in my bedroom. <laughs> you know, so we want the Holy Spirit active in our lives today. Amen, ladies? Any other questions? That was good. Thank you for bringing that up again because we touched a very touchy topic in just a minute. So, all right, let me pray. Father, I thank you for these amazing ladies. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the spirit of truth, and we ask that you ignite it in our life. Let us see and know the mysteries of your kingdom, God. Make it activated in our lives. Let the supernatural arise. Let the gifts of the spirit arise, Father God. Speak to us in only the way that you can do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Love you, ladies. Bless you.